Lord class, you may take a seat. It is good to be in the house tonight. Kate Burke, happy 30th birthday for this week. Why don't we just wish Kate a happy birthday? What I loved about it was it was Wednesday night, and yet on Wednesday night she was at Dundas uh, running uh, C3 Cares Dundas on her 30th birthday. That is a servant of the Lord. Thank you, Kate. Well done, well done. And I just want to congratulate all the people that have made it to Night College. We kicked off on Monday night with about 20 students showed up, which is uh, incredible. But I do want to remind you, if you missed it or you thought, what's that? That is our our accredited Bible college here, 7 o'clock every Monday night. And uh, if you missed out and you're thinking, I should go, can I encourage you, go. Uh, We will gladly accept you to come into week two and uh, come and uh, join us for a year of great study and going deeper in God's Word, which will be wonderful. Hey, Tim, I just want to, uh, I just believe I was praying this afternoon, the Lord put you on my heart, and I just really want to remind you that you're a force for the kingdom, Tim. Tim Christenat, you're a force. You've gone through some fires, but you've come through. And uh, you've come through in a great state, and God is proud of you, and He loves you, and you're not hidden, and you're not in the background. You are truly a force for the things of God, and you are a great man of God. Can we give Tim a round of applause, because he is a legend, and uh, he does have a heart of gold, and God's got wonderful and great plans for Tim. And didn't Jody do well tonight as she uh, led us in our service, which is awesome. Well, here we are, week two of Momentum. Last week, we had our Vision Sunday. We heard from our senior pastor, Pastor Phil, which was outstanding on Momentum. But the same theme continues here tonight as uh, we really believe as a church that we are moving forward and we want to go forward together. We want to go forward as a team. We want to go forward uh, just as a great uh, move of God uh, washes through our church. And we don't want anyone to be left behind. We want to go forward together. We want to have momentum together. And it was so exciting uh, launching our next steps last week because it is just a great tool for people to say, hey, I'd like to go to the next step, and what do I do about that? Well, tonight you can go to the bar. I'm even going to shout coffee. If you go left instead of the coffee machine, the coffee's on us. We'll uh, shout you the coffee as you go and chat to some people and say, hey, help me to take my next step. And we've got all areas of serving and training and getting connected into uh, connect groups, which is what I'm speaking into tonight, or a variety of other things. But I just want to uh, say that we, uh, we're doing all we can to make sure that in this church you know that there is a pathway that you are in a place where you can go forward in Christ because I don't know about you but I don't want to stay in the same place. I don't want to finish 2016 at the same place I started 2016. I want to go forward in the Lord. I want to go forward in Christ. I want to mature in Him and become a better tool for God to use. And sometimes we need to make sure we're taking steps to help us in that. So tonight, I really want to focus on, of course, we're here in church tonight, and I think this is the greatest thing you can do on the weekend, is to be in the house of God, to be together, to worship, to pray, to hear the Word, to come and bring our offerings to the Lord. But also, we do something in the life of the church called Connect Groups, where we have pretty much like mini-church during the week, where we have a chance and an opportunity to not just leave it to Sundays, but actually have a place where we come together in the week and we connect. And uh, connect groups are the bedrock of this church. They're a great place in this church. And we want to really just, uh, on this weekend, highlight about how they are important to us as believers in Jesus Christ. 
And uh, our desire is for you to obviously go really deep with uh, the Lord, but we also want you to go to a good place with each other. Who knows that we need each other? Who knows that we're better together? Because I know that uh, I wouldn't be where I am today without having some great people in my world who have journeyed with me and got around me and helped me through all journeys of life. But even for myself, that hasn't stopped. To where God wants to take me is often wound up in the people around me. And it is true for all of us. Where we want to go and where we need to go in God, you're not going to make it that well on your own. We need to go together, don't we, Leon Shemelian? We need to go together and make sure that we're not saying, hey, I can do it all my own, that we go together. 3 John 2 says this, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. The word prosper here means to do well on your journey, to travel successfully, to bear fruit, to advance and to progress towards completion. We have this life, this walk of life, and we'll never hit a place where we go, we've hit the top, we've hit the zenith, we've arrived. We're always on this ongoing journey. However, we're designed to go forward and bear fruit, to be people who go through life and actually become fruit bearers, that we achieve great things for the Lord. The Christian life doesn't promise a perfect life. The Christian life isn't going to mean the problems and trials aren't going to come your way. But I believe if we do it how God wants us to do, we can handle those situations and come out in a great state. Because we should be able to say in life, really through all situations, that it is well with my soul. That we should be able to say, it is well with my soul that I live in such a way, that I'm advancing in such a way that through whatever life throws at us, because we stand on the, the greatest rock there is, that our soul can be in a good place. Because so many people out there are obviously seeing themselves under great stress. And so often illnesses are often connected to things like that in our life. And it can weaken our immune system. And having things like anger and hatred and guilt and unforgiveness, these are, these are things that aren't good to have in life. We're not designed to carry these things and have these things in life. And often study shows that they go on and they can uh, lead us into uh, places of actually having physical uh, health issues. But if we are clean, free, bright and shiny on the inside, this will reflect in our bodies and in our circumstances. Because John goes on to say in this, uh, in 3, John here, he's speaking to a guy called Gaius, and uh, he says in verse 4, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Walking in truth. So here is Gaius, he's doing two things, he's moving forward. He's not still, he is walking, and he's walking in truth. Truth comes from the things of God and the Word of God. He is walking in truth. And it is setting himself up to live that great life, that prosperous life, that he would prosper in all things in health just as his soul prospers. To think that we can live life like that, taking step forwards. Church, let's not get stuck. Let's be progressing. Let's be going forward. And I love the, the way that a connect group can help us in this. And we encourage you to get along to a connector. We've got training next week. So there's going to be a whole lot of new ones starting. Maybe you went to one once before and, oh, but that one stopped. Today, 
Come out to the hub. We will get your details. We'll let you know of the, the groups that are on, those that are starting over coming weeks. And, and maybe you're here today and you're like, oh, I used to run a great connect group, but this happened or that happened and it stopped happening. I'd encourage you to really ask, Lord, is it time to, to get this thing pumping again? Is it time to get this thing going again? Because it is so such a way to, 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 to be making disciples. And we should all have that desire because all of us here who are in Christ, we're ahead of some people. If you know Jesus, there's some people that don't know Jesus and you can lead those people until salvation. You can lead those people towards Christ. We can lead them to a much better life. We can all do that. I remember reading a book about a gentleman that uh, had a, a booming church over, I think it was in the Philippines, and uh, uh, someone had got saved, I think, in a midweek meeting, and by the following weekend, he said, you need to start a connect group now. He's like, me, a connect group? I got saved four days ago. He's, well, you're four days ahead of some of the people that are going to get saved today. You can start a connect group. And I love that, to think that we can lead people, because they're great things. Ephesians 4.15 but speaking the truth in love, we may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ. Because it's really sad when sometimes people find themselves positioned in a place where they can't actually uh, be corrected or, or molded or encouraged in a certain way to receive guidance. And uh, we all have blind spots and we need people in our life to help us with this. We all have blind spots. Things that we're not really seeing where sometimes we need someone else to say, hey, you could alter this, you could change this. And sometimes, like we read in that, that we need truth spoken in love into our life. Because we, we need to have truth spoken, but it's good when it's in love. Because if it's not, it can be really brutal. I'm sure we've all had people try to correct us and there's no love and it, it hits us hard. And uh, it's like a, a mighty force that we don't enjoy, but I love it when it's done in love and we can receive that because we're mature in Christ. And we can take things on board and they can help us to progress in life. Who here tonight wants to progress, wants to go forward, wants to become a better disciple of Jesus Christ? I want to give God glory. I was reading a scripture a few days ago about how we're created to give Him glory and it just like, just stuck out. I'm just like, wow, we to give God glory. The way we live life is to bring glory unto God, bring Him the glory. And we need to be in a place where we are in a place where we can be molded into that. And Pastor Phil and Chris and Nat and I, we want to see you progress, become bigger and better people, become more mature in your faith. We want to see many of you rise up to great uh, places of being leaders in your own rights, to be true shining lights. And I love that even in a connector, it can be a great place for that to happen, to have people who can help you in life, because there will be times where we actually need to hear some hard things. But it's great when it's done in a safe environment, like a connector. I've always loved the, uh, the verse uh, we read in Proverbs, where it's, you know, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And I love that scripture. I've been thinking about that scripture, and there we are, you know, two bits of metal that need to be in close proximity to actually have this happen. And uh, a little while ago, it was actually a long time ago, I, uh, I had a girl who I was working with, and I'd known her family for a long time. Uh, I grew up for a number of years in church with this family, and uh, her father was, I think, in the printing industry, and then he went uh, on into buying a kind of wholesale knives 
and kind of furniture business. And uh, one day he's like, hey, you should drop by sometime uh, if you ever need some, some equipment. And I'm like, I actually don't mind to bust out a little bit of uh, cooking at home. And I'm like, I've got really bad knives. I'm like, I want to buy a good knife. So one day after work, this is probably about 16 years ago, I took a detour and went to his factory. And um, I went and brought a, uh, a nice knife. I'm like, I'm a chef. I'm going to get like a decent sized knife. Like I'm not going the little like, you know, the tiny knife. So I, uh, I went into his uh, factory and uh, started looking at their knives, and I liked this one. It caught my attention, and I brought a bit of a set of knives under this brand. It's, I don't know, it's Andre Verdier, I think. It's, a, it's uh, made in France, so the quality is pretty good. And as I'm walking around and uh, looking and selecting some knives, uh, he said, look, do you have something to sharpen them? And I'm like, uh, no. He says, well, you need to buy something else off me. So he did the uh, good sales job, and he, he got me to add something to my purchase, and that was this, uh, this sharpening tool, which I think I'd often seen these. I used to work in a butcher, and uh, he sold me this. And then he started going through about how to sharpen a knife. And you see, there's one thing that I uh, am aware of is uh, this sits in a top drawer in my house, kind of behind all the normal cutlery, away from my kids' hands. And this sits in the drawer below it. And if I left these two things like that, and they never made any contact, this is useless to this, and this will become a useless knife. It'll become blunt. It'll have no great use in my house, really, because blunt knives aren't good. But you see, these things have to come into contact with each other. They need to make that kind of sound. They need to make contact. And when I read that scripture, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another, I'm reminded that there needs to be close proximity. If they sit in different drawers and they never make connection, it is useless. I might as well throw that in the bin and I might as well follow that afterwards. But these do make close proximity. I was very aware of that yesterday when I was cutting up some, um, some fruit for making a, uh, a smoothie and I cut my finger with that very knife. And I'm like, oh, I didn't realize it was that sharp. I didn't know last time I'd uh, sharpened it. And the blood came out, and it kept splitting open over last night. And, but see these two things, they need each other. And in the same way in this life, God has got people around us, and he will get people around you that will sharpen you. But close proximity is really important. Thanks, Mick. Why don't we give it up for Mick? Because he's just... I've asked for a few props over the years, and he's thrown some before, so thank you, Mick, for not throwing the props here tonight, and just handing them like a great gentleman to me. And what I'm aware is that the enemy would love us to just find ourselves away and separated, but we need to come in, we need to come close, be next to each other in church, but be together at other times like a connect group. When I was in my early 20s, I started meeting uh, quite regularly uh, with a number of mates of mine. We'd grown up in church together, and I can't remember who made the call, but he, one of them said, Let's, uh, why don't we start getting together? Uh, I think at that time, a few of us had moved to some different locations. We grew up in church together, and, uh, and we started meeting. I think there was just four of us. Four mates would come together from time to time, and uh, we would just share life, and we would pray together. And I can remember the very first time 
that we ever met. I remember at the end of the night, we had a time of prayer. We were in my friend's apartment, and as we bowed our heads to prayer, I got this really quite clear vision of uh, us uh, going up a mountain. And the thing that stood out in this kind of just this picture and this image I had in my mind was that we were like decked out in state-of-the-art climbing equipment. I mean, we were just decked out. We had the best shoes on. I remember we had all the best tools. And I'm not really a mountain climber, but I could just tell that we were decked out. We were ready to conquer this mountain. And it was like it was a great reminder. The Lord was telling me, you're ready to conquer a mountain doing things like this, coming in close together, doing life together. It wasn't like we were there in these shabby-like clothes and bad footwear and rusty old things. We were there to conquer the mountain. And I know the power of when people come together in small groups, when you have people who you can journey with. And as a church, we want to see that happen all over this city. We want to make sure there's a place for you to come and do life. Ephesians 4.16, For whom the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. The church is a body and we come together, each person able to supply to the other. Every person has something to bring to the body. Every connection is important. We serve one another when we serve the church. The body is effective when every part does its share. The church is made stronger when it grows. But often isolated people don't grow. We need to do it together. We need to do it together, to grow together, to progress, to increase. This walk we've been caught on, we can't afford to stop walking. We need to keep going. In California, they have a tree tree called uh, the redwood trees. They're known to be the largest tree in the world. Has anyone ever seen one? I know there's entire national parks in California of these massive trees. Sometimes they're like up to like 380 feet tall. These are huge trees. Sometimes you even see them where they've, I don't know, there's a picture of one of them where they've uh, cut a hole in the trunk and cars drive through the trunk of the tree. These things are massive. And uh, the one thing about their root system is you think their root system would go like if it's 380 feet tall, it might go a couple hundred feet into the ground, but their root system actually isn't that deep. But what it is, is it intertwines, and it intertwines, and it intertwines, and, it in, and their roots need each other to make that thing really strong so they don't fall down. And you know what? We need each other. We're better together. We can't go solo. We need each other. We need those roots to be intertwined. In Ezekiel 37, we read about an entire army that had become a pile of bones in a valley in a desert. If you've got your Bible here tonight, I'm going to read it. It's a very, very powerful passage of Scripture. Ezekiel 37, starting in verse 1. The power of the Lord came over me. The Lord brought me out by His Spirit and put me down in the middle of a valley. The valley was filled with bones. He led me all around them. I saw that there were very many bones at the bottom of the valley, and they were very dry. Then He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I answered, only you know, almighty Lord. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones. Tell them, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. 
This is what the Almighty Lord says to these bones. I will cause breath to enter you and you will live. I'll put ligaments on you, place muscles on you and cover you with skin. I'll put breath in you and you will live. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. While I was prophesying, suddenly there was a rattling noise and the bones came together, one bone attaching itself to another. As I looked, I saw the ligaments were on them, muscles were on them, and skin covered them, yet there was no breath in them. Then the Lord said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, tell the breath. This is what the Almighty Lord says, come from the four winds, breath, and breathe on these people who were killed so that they will live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath entered them. Then they came to life and stood in their feet. There were enough of them to form a very large army. The Lord also said to me, Son of man, all the people of Israel are like these bones. The people say, our bones are dry and our hope has been vanished. We are completely destroyed. So prophesy, tell them, this is what the Lord Almighty says, my people, I will open your graves and take you out of them. I'll bring you to Israel. Church growth is not an option it's an imperative. It is imperative that we keep walking. The reason these bones were scattered over the floor of the valley is they stopped walking through the valley. When things got hard, they were feeling low, they gave up. Let's not give up. Let's keep taking our next step, even today, to be moving forward, to allow the power of the Spirit to get our momentum back. These bones needed someone to believe in them, someone to speak to them, someone to give them hope again, and they could make it, they could come together. In verse 11, it tells us they were disjointed, lifeless, completely ineffective in their position. They were dry without hope and cut off. They were dehydrated, visionless, and severed from their life source. They were parched, despairing, and lonely. They were hard, depressed, and isolated. Their condition was similar to what many people may find themselves in church through rough times. They've ceased soaking in worship in the oil and they're not being refreshed with fresh oil, nor letting the rain of the presence of God saturate their spirit. They become disappointed with other Christians sometimes, disappointed with church or with God. They themselves losing hope, losing faith. They've stopped fellowshipping. They're feeling alone. They're not belonging anywhere. They're cut off from the life of God. And that's why these bones were not connected. There was no skin or muscle on them. But I love that there was someone. God saw potential. And it was through those words prophesied over them. They come together. They were filled with the breath of God and again became a mighty army. Church, let's not stop. Let's become the church who is unlimited and unstoppable. As we come together, as we come together, there is a new wind blowing. This world needs a mighty move of God. And Sunday is critical to that. Keep coming to church week after week, but I encourage you to connect with other Christians during the week. Come together. You will need it. They will need you, you will need them. Come together, come together. It's a great thing.
when Christians come together and they get this connection. Then it causes the body to grow. Connection. That's why I love connect groups. If you're stuck in a valley today, maybe today's your day to come out, to come on this journey. And being together, there's so many joys in it. One of my greatest joys, when I was 18, I ran a connect group. I ran a connect group with some 15-year-olds in our church. And one of my greatest was delights was this guy called Jacob. He came one day. He just started his journey to uh, learn about Christ. And I remember him coming. I remember the first night he came, he brought a block of chocolate to share with the boys. We'd meet down at the church. I didn't have my own apartment back then. I was 18. I was living at home. But what I loved about that is I saw his, uh, his faith in Christ developed every time we would meet. It felt like every time we'd ask the group, who's got something they'd want to pray about? And I remember my friend Jacob. He's a friend to me to this day. And he said, oh, can we pray for Uncle Ken? Uncle Ken doesn't know Jesus. Can we pray for Uncle Ken? I had no idea who Uncle Ken was. I had never met Uncle Ken. But as the leader of that connect group, every time he would mention Uncle Ken, we would bow our heads in that connect group. And we would pray and would cry out to God that Uncle Ken would come to know him. I think we did this for about a year. And after that, after about a year, one night, Jacob Headstrom walks in. He goes, boys, Uncle Ken got saved. Uncle Ken is saved. And we're like, yes. Prayer in our group worked. And we saw Uncle Ken got saved. I think I might have met Uncle Ken once after that. But Uncle Ken gave his life to the Lord. What a joy for our group. What a delight for me to see not only Jacob get connected in the church, but see out of that his Uncle Ken getting saved. So I've got some reasons here why a connect group is really important. I believe you'll be walking a Christian life as it is intended. The book of Acts is very clear about how God intended for his people to grow and have their needs met in their Christian walk. Here's a collection of verses from Acts 2. It says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Every day they continued to meet together. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Day after day in the temple courts and from the house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Christ. In the early church, they met together corporately, but they met in homes. What a beautiful thing. Romans 16.5, greet also the church that meets at their house. 1 Corinthians 16.9, Aquila and Priscilla, greet you warmly in the Lord, and so does the church that meets at their homes. Colossians 4.15, give my greetings to Nympha and the church in her house. There's all these small gatherings as well as large gatherings to think about how many were added to their number in the early church, like days where 3,000 people came to know the Lord. I think they were onto something. Church, in the busyness of life, in the demands of work and family and relax and all of that, let's make sure we don't give up the habit of meeting together. Let's come together. I believe that you'll get a better understanding of the Bible in a small group. 
because Sunday church is often hearing from the preacher. There's not a lot of chance to put up your hand and ask the questions, but I love what a small group, a connect group can do. It gives you a chance to, to, to go deeper in your knowledge, to maybe ask, how do I apply that to life? Can you explain that to me again? I didn't quite catch it, whatever it might be. You get to do that in a small group. I know that many of you will develop amazing leadership skills that you never knew you had. Connect Group gives you a great opportunity for your gifts to start to develop. I know that two of the greatest ministers in this church, uh, Carly Lewis and uh, Amanda Regler, both really found their wheels by, you know, praying for people and uh, developing their skills in a Connect Group. Carly was just explaining that to me in the last couple of weeks. You will find yourselves in a great place for that. You'll really feel like part of God's family when we get to meet in those small groups. Because this is amazing and this is great, but we need to have some really strong, close relationships in life because that's really important too. Some people that will stand with you in life. Because I tell you, there's one of the great things I think about a connect group is when you hit a big battle to have an army of people right next to you who are journeying with you. You were telling them, sending the text to your whole connect group, hey, this has happened to a family member. This is happening at work. Can you pray? Can you believe? Can we have the faith together? Connection in that place is just wonderful. It's a wonderful thing. And your own prayer life will definitely grow. I know that, just like with Uncle Ken. And it gives people an opportunity. Sometimes I know that's the first time people ever pray publicly is in a connect group. Because after a while they start to feel like, oh, you know, I can do this, I can pray. I believe you'll be able to handle stress and the pressure of life better. Because it will just be that wonderful support. And you'll have such a great place to also share Christ with others. Because you'll meet people sometimes and their first step to walk to walk closer with the Lord actually won't be Sunday church. For some people, an actual midweek connect group at a cafe or someone's house is going to be a better place for them to come in and meet some people in the life of the church and maybe ask some questions and put their inquiries in. So connect groups, they're really important. We just want to see you doing life really well. And as the band comes up, we want to do all we can to journey. So maybe tonight you're like, hey, I need this when we finish here today. I can see it from here, the media wall, the next steps. Come and have a chat to some of our team out there. Find out when a connect group's on. Come to them. You'll find it'll be a wonderful thing for your life. We heard from Patrick and Vivian at our All In Team Night the other night about for nine years, for nine years they've been running a connect group out of this place. Can we give it up for those guys? Because that is brilliant. That is longevity. And we salute you. Journeying, discipling, loving, caring, taking people on a journey into maturity in Christ. Does everyone you ever walk with and journey with make it the whole way? Not always, but so many will because of your influence. Connect groups. Get to one, start one, join one. Make sure you're not out there on your own. You're going to need people. You're going to need people to keep you sharp. Who wants to be sharp? You're going to need people to help you on that journey. It's just how life is. We get attitudes, things happen. 
We need to do it together. And as we draw to a close here tonight, I have one really, really important question to ask. And that question is, are you right with God tonight? If you are here tonight and you are not right with God, tonight, in a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to raise your hand. Because the greatest thing we can ever do in life is to surrender our life to Jesus. Because life is short. Life is short. I'm 40 this year, halfway to 80 almost. And it's going really fast. It is going fast. And one day, each and every one of us in this room stand before a loving Father in heaven. And there will be a question asked of each and every one of us. Do we know Him? And the Bible is very clear. There is only one way to know God, and that is through His Son, Jesus Christ. His Son that He loves so much that He sent Him to this earth. He lived a perfect life on this planet, but He went to a cross to die for the sins of each and every one of us. But for us to receive that which is a free gift, we need to receive Jesus. We need to invite him into our lives. And if you've never done that here tonight, you can do that. If you've once done that once before, but you know that that relationship is not close and you've slipped away and you're not walking closely with him, tonight you can come back. Or maybe you're here tonight and you're just unsure. You're unsure of your salvation. I remember as a young boy, I was unsure. I'd grown up in church. But I was just unsure and I wanted to make sure. I wanted to be 100% sure in my heart of hearts that I knew if life was to end, I would be going to heaven for eternity. So out of that place, one night I knelt by my bed and I said a prayer to invite Jesus into my life. And I've never, never been in doubt where my eternity is set. I've never had to doubt that. And if you want that same assurance here tonight, you also can say this prayer. So right now, can we all bow our heads, close our eyes? It's the most important part of the whole meeting. If you're here tonight and you just want to make sure of your assurance like I was as a young boy, in a moment I'll ask you to raise your hand. Maybe you've never invited Jesus into your life. Tonight can be your night. I'll ask you to raise your hands. I'll see it and then I'll invite you to say a prayer with me. Or maybe you're here tonight and you've said this prayer once before, but you know you slipped away. You know, Hartley, I'm, I'm not really walking closely with him. I, I might come to church on a Sunday, but life just catches up during the week and I, I give very little thought to the Lord. I, I'm not reading the Word. I'm not in, in committed prayer during the week. If you're like that and you want to get that relationship back on track, tonight is your night. So if you're here in any of those three categories, on the count of three, I'd like you to boldly raise your hand and say, yes, Hartley, that is me. I need to say this prayer. I'm saying it for the first time. I'm coming back or I'm making assurance of my salvation. At the count of three, raise your hand here tonight. One, with no distractions, eyes closed. If you're here tonight, two, and you need to say this prayer to have that assurance for the first time, you're coming back or for your assurance, raise it now three. 
Who is there here tonight? Thank you, my friend. I see that hand. Who is there here tonight? You're saying, yes, Hartley, I need to say this. This is the most important thing in life. It gets no greater than this. Who else is there? Who else is there here tonight? You're saying, yes, Hartley. I need to say this prayer. I need to say this prayer. Doesn't get more important than this. Wonderful, wonderful. Could we just all look this way? One of our friends up the back, she raised her hand. There might have been a friend next to her. What we're going to do right now is I'm going to come off this stage. We're going to all stand up. I'd just like to meet our friend just in the corner here because I'd love to say this prayer, the prayer of salvation, the prayer that makes sure our sins are washed away and we're made right before God. doesn't get any greater than this. And maybe you're here tonight and you're like, Hartley, I need to say that prayer with you. As we all stand, you can say it too. So let's all stand to our feet. I love my friend from up the back. Do you mind just coming forward? I'd love to say this prayer. My friends, do you mind coming forward? Did you want to say this prayer too? Come, come together. Just stand with her anyway. This is beautiful. Not to embarrass you, but this is the, the best thing in life. Wonderful. Just stand here. So this is a prayer. It's so powerful. It's a prayer that we just simply say, God, I'm sorry. Forgive me. The Bible's beautiful. It says we're washed whiter than snow. So let's repeat this after me here tonight. We can all say this. Dear God in heaven, forgive me tonight. I'm sorry for sinning. I turn away from that tonight. I ask for forgiveness. I decide to follow you for the rest of my life. I thank you that tonight... I am saved, and I'm a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Father God, thank you for my friends here. I thank you, Lord, you see her. I thank you, Lord, that she is loved. Father God in heaven loves you. Father God in heaven sent his son for you. I thank you that the truth of that would rest in his heart all the days of her life, all the days of her life. Father God, He loves you. He loves you. Thank you, Lord God. Touch my friends here tonight. Bless them. Thank you, Lord, the good days lie before them. Thank you, Lord, the assurance of heaven as their destiny is a wonderful thing and they carry that from this night on. here that is going to have a chat to you, give you a Bible. God bless you. Let's give it up for the Lord. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Outstanding. Hey, let's just close our eyes. Let's just pray and seal this word. Father God in heaven, we thank you for who you are. We thank you, Lord God, that you only want to take us forward. Father God, you only want to move us to a better and bigger and greater place and make us into big people. And I thank you, Lord God, that tonight, Father God, we take the steps we need to, to see that happen, Lord God, that we won't just suck in air on this earth, Lord God, that we would make a substantial difference for eternity, Lord God. Use each and every one of us, God. Thank you, Lord God. Progress us and take us forward, Father. Thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' mighty name. And we all said, amen, amen. Let's sing this song as we come to a close here tonight.